the Cannabis Business Coach. Hi, Mike Z here, author of the Cannabis Business Book, and you're listening to the Cannabis Business Coach Podcast, where I chat with and coach the highest performing entrepreneurs in the cannabis industry. Hi, Mike Z is. Hi, Mike Z is. Hi, Mike Z is. The Cannabis Business Coach. Hi, Mike Z here, and on today's episode of the Cannabis Business Coach Podcast, I'm joined by Erica Tingi, head of product for Backbone, which is a cannabis technology or software that is being used by a lot of operators across the industry. And I'll let Erica introduce herself and tell more, tell us more about Backbone and the wonderful work she does. Erica, thanks for being here. Do you mind just sharing a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, Backbone, uh, we build software and also have a team of professional service and client services people who help cannabis businesses, especially in the manufacturing space, but also uh, from cultivation all the way through distribution, help them to track the kinds of data they need to track, discover what their yields are, discover what their costs are as they're producing product, and then look at sales versus the things that they produce to make sure that they have the kind of profit margins that they really need in order to make their business successful. And our team goes in and helps those customers um, figure out how to run their businesses. What are the right business workflows? What kinds of data do they need in order to be successful? Awesome. And how on earth did you get into the legal cannabis industry? How did you decide to, to get involved? What's the origin story, if you will? Yes, my cannabis origin story. Um, so I started uh, working for Backbone in January of 2019, and I came from a background primarily in financial software. I worked as a software engineer on QuickBooks for Desktop for many years, which is where I met one of our founders. Um, and then I was at Sage Intact right before I came to Backbone. Um, and the my friend, who's one of the founders of Backbone, Vic Patil, uh, came to me and was like, hey, we are built, thinking about solving some problems that we see in the cannabis space. Um, both he and Rajesh Chandran uh, are very passionate about cannabis um, as medicine. Um, and so he said, we might need somebody to do products for us. Are you interested? And then, you know, we kind of talked about it back and forth and about a year later, they were ready to actually hire me on um, and what really pushed me over was it seemed like such an exciting place to bring some of this knowledge that I had acquired over the years at various financial software places, working closely with customers who needed help running their businesses. And I felt like we could help cannabis operators who really knew how to make cannabis, but needed help figuring out how to turn that into a legal business with reporting requirements and accounting requirements and all the things that they hadn't had to do for a while. Yeah, and, and it's been everything that I had hoped it would be. You know, the cannabis community is so fantastic and we all of our customers are wonderful to work with. And yeah, we're building a company that I really believe in. Awesome. So I'm curious if you were looking to get involved in cannabis or it was just this kind of happenstance you met these people who are working on this project and there was this opportunity and you just said, Hey, why not? It was pretty much happenstance. It just seemed like a really interesting problem to solve. I don't quite know why I wasn't in it before, 
<laughs> you know, it really was chance. And I just feel lucky that I got into it. Awesome. And I, I know that you are an alum of Pomona College. I am. And I don't know if you know this, but I went to Claremont McKenna. Oh, so <laughs> we can still we could still be friends, though. I know there's the, the little <laughs> rivalry, but I just wanted to to share that. And it's interesting because you have, as far as I can tell, a non-traditional cannabis background. And so, you know, I'm curious, given that you studied things that have nothing to do with cannabis and then became a software engineer and then got into cannabis, two questions come up for me. One is, did you find it challenging to have to learn about cannabis itself and the industry itself? And if, and kind of how did you, how did you navigate that? How, what was that learning curve like for you? Well, here's the thing. Um, I actually come from a non-traditional background for software engineering, which is where I started off my career. Uh, I got my degree in uh, modern languages. So I studied French, Russian, and linguistics when I was at Pomona. And then I got an MFA in choreography because I was dancing that whole time. And so I danced in some companies for a little while. Um, and I, you know, it's not like I have no background in software engineering. I had studied a little bit in high school and my dad was a computer science teacher. My sister did computer science at Stanford. But I really, you know, what it definitely was not my life goal to become a software engineer. Um, it happened that my sister was working at Intuit when she got out of college and she was leaving the job that she was in. And they said, oh, I wish we could clone you. And she said, hey, I have a sister. <laughs> so that's really how I got into software engineering. And from there, I kind of taught myself, well, took a lot of classes and also taught myself to program in C++, um, which is where I ended up in uh, on QuickBooks for Desktop. Um, so I already kind of had that, you know, I can learn anything mentality <laughs> that I want to learn for my career. Um, and so when I got into, and actually that's something that I really love about every job that I've ever had is that I get the chance to learn new things, whether it's a new industry new problems, new technology, whatever it is, I kind of want to always be learning. Um, so when I jumped into cannabis, it was really exciting to me. And, you know, the way that I got into it, I started listening to the podcasts that were out there. I read a bunch of articles. I started visiting our customers really early. Um, we were working with some customers up in the Santa Rosa Humboldt area at that time. And so I got to go in and see what they were actually doing on the floor. And that really gave me a good sense of, uh, you know, what was happening in cannabis and what people really needed. I love that story. And <laughs> I'll take this moment to make my shameless plug for the cannabis business book, which is a great resource if you're looking to get into this industry, whether as an employee, investor, or entrepreneur. And one of the points I make in the book is this is a non-traditional industry. So if you have a non-traditional background, you'll fit right in. <laughs> the key thing is really applying your existing skill set in a way that's needed. And then also exactly what Erica said, you have to be willing to learn a lot. You have to be very interested or curious about the cannabis plant and understand that that's the heart of this industry and there's a lot to learn about it especially if you want to be able to actually solve problems for your customers or clients because 
they're going to be usually related to cannabis. <laughs> um, that being said, I wanted to ask you, how has your experience in cannabis compared to other industries that you've been in? Is it different or is it business as usual? It is, it's quite different. Um, you know, from a cannabis business perspective, I think we're trying to solve a lot of the same problems that other businesses have. We have, a, you know, some additional things like all of the compliance stuff makes it more complicated. But of course, the pharmaceutical industry has that too. Um, that's been around for a lot longer. So some of the things that are different is we're just figuring out how all of this stuff is going to work. You know, what are the regulations going to be? What kind of reporting is going to be required? How are we going to be able to market? All of those things are up in the air. So being part of that whole new industry growing into itself is really exciting and also a little bit terrifying sometimes because we don't know what's going to happen next. Um, one of the nice things about Backbone actually is that we're very flexible. So that the software itself is very flexible. And then we as a company are very flexible. So as things change, we can go with the flow and figure out how to solve those problems for a lot of our customers. So we're always looking out for those problems um, that are coming up and how can we make our customers' lives easier. Um, and then the other thing that I do find really different about the cannabis industry that is such a, it makes it such a joy to be in is this sense of community that we have. You know, this, this feeling like we're all in this together, the way that, you know, people who are competing against each other are really willing to help each other. And people are coming at it from a lot of different angles. You know, we have the traditional operators who've been doing it for 25 years. We have brand new people who are like, oh, this is really interesting. You know, I've smoked cannabis my whole life. I really wanna get into this. Um, and then people who are just completely disconnected from it, but see a niche for themselves where they can solve a problem that people are having that they've either solved in other industries or just know something about and can come in and help out the, the people who are trying to make a success out of this cannabis thing. Awesome. And that's something that a lot of past guests have also said that's unique about cannabis is the, the camaraderie or the willingness of even so-called competitors to actually help each other out because we feel like we're in this thing together and there's a bigger fight, if you will, at stake here um, than just, hey, I want my business to grow. So I, I did want to emphasize that. And also I, I want to highlight one thing that I've heard from you now a couple of times about solving problems. The reason I want to highlight that is because so many people ask me, Mike, how do I get into the industry? Where do I go? How do I start? And almost always I tell them, read my book. <laughs> but, then, but then no, more seriously, I tell them, well, go and actually solve a problem for someone. Go and innovate. Go and find something, find a way to create value. And so I've heard from you a couple of times now this, this approach of wanting to solve problems and finding the problems within the cannabis industry of which there are many and constantly new ones because of all the re regulatory movement and change. You know, there's always so many problems and I, I think it's critical for anyone to succeed in this industry. You have to have that same spirit or attitude as Erica of 
let me go and solve some problems. And oh, by the way, it's actually fun and interesting to, to deal with these problems that for the most part, no one has figured out yet because this industry is that new and we're building it as we go. And so the problems that come up, there's often no precedent for. And so we have to actually be creative to succeed in this industry. I digress. <laughs> Let me ask you, Erica, as far as your specific responsibility, head of product, and actually developing or designing the tools that your customers are using, is there a difference in this industry as opposed to when you were you know, in more mainstream corporate settings as far as how the product development actually happens or work, or, or is it by and large kind of the same tried and true methods? This actually ties nicely into what you were just saying about solving problems. Um, because, you know, I started off at Intuit and Intuit's a very customer focused company. And so we would do these things that we creepily called follow me homes, where we would go to people's offices and watch them work. Um, but the thing that was really effective about that is we would get to see them doing their regular things. So we weren't just asking them, hey, you know, what problems do you have? We could actually see what was going on. And so we do that same thing at Backbone. Um, we actually go to customer sites and we, we ask them, you know, what, what's hard for you? What are your biggest pain points? And from there, we can tease out what problems they're actually having versus what solutions they think they want. It's a principle I'm very passionate about. It's also part of this whole uh, way of thinking called design thinking, where you start by understanding what pain points the customer has. You design something for them, you go back and test it, and then you come up with something that actually makes them happy. Um, and so figuring out what problems they're having is key to knowing what to build. So from there, then I take it back to my team. And this is very similar to the way that I've kind of done this uh, throughout my whole career. Take it back to the team, we brainstorm about possible solutions, we fit whatever the problem is into our long-term goals for the product. You know, who do we want to be when we grow up? Um, to make sure that we're always moving in the right direction, but then we try to solve the actual problem the customer has. Because um, a lot of times when a customer tells us a solution, it might solve their immediate problem, but if we don't understand what's underlying it, we might fix the wrong thing. Mm. I'm it's that so old Henry Ford thing about the, you know, asking for a faster horse. I was just about to say that. I love that you went there because I, I think this is, this applies beyond just software development. You know, this is, in my opinion, a key aspect of the entrepreneurial process, right? Of actually understanding what problem your customers have that you're solving, because sometimes they don't really get it. And actually where the magic happens is when you understand it as the service provider, even better than the customer understands it, because then they think, oh, wow, this person really gets me. And this is really, this is what I need. This is the person that's going to help me. And just to share in, in my business as a coach, it's the same exact thing where oftentimes people come to me and they say, here's my problem. And I never, I almost never believe them 
at face value that that's the real problem because there's usually something else bigger and deeper underneath. As a quick follow-up there, for folks who might be watching or listening and are not familiar with design thinking, are there any resources that you can recommend for people to, whether it's like books or podcasts or, or even thought leaders that you might recommend for people who want to learn more about design thinking? Yeah, the two places that I've learned about it from, one is IDEO, I-D-E-O, .com. Um, they have done a lot of work in this space. Um, the other place that I've done a lot of workshops with is the design school at Stanford. So d.school is part of their web URL. Sorry, I didn't prepare for this question. I don't know what their URLs are. Um, but they have a lot of great exercises. And actually, if you just look up design thinking, there are tons of resources on it about the process and about exercises you can do um, to get your team doing this kind of thing. Um, one of the things that I find really exciting about it and is also really hard for all of us is one of the stages is you brainstorm and you think about every way that you could possibly solve this problem, no matter how crazy. And the benefit of that is, you know, it helps you to think outside the box um, and not just land on the first solution that you come up with as, oh, that's the most familiar, easiest, you know, whatever the, the adjectives are that you want to apply to it, because there might be something better out there. You know, there might be something that you don't think of at first, but that three people together are going to come up with. that's going to solve the problem better than you ever thought you could. Okay, cool. I'll make sure to link some of those resources in the show notes. And I'm going to shift gears and ask you, what has surprised you most about working in the cannabis industry? Wow, what has surprised me? You know, now that I'm like almost three years in, it all feels so familiar. <laughs> I feel like I've been in this industry forever. The, you know what, actually one of the things that really stands out for me is how important relationships are. Um, so relationships in knowing who you can buy flour from or whose flour is the best, who is the best producer. There's a lot of trust that needs to happen if I, you know, I nurtured these plants from when they were clones and I'm gonna hand them to you to make something out of, how do I know? that you know, you're gonna take good care of my, my plants. Um, so that kind of trust and relationship is really important uh, in this industry more than in most other industries that I've seen. Um, and then the other place where that crops up is we've seen a lot of businesses where you know, there are little pods of relationships where you know, the uh, guy and his girlfriend and his cousin and you know, his sister all work in the same place and if one of them leaves, they're all going to leave. Um, so that, that was kind of an, another interesting thing that I saw, you know. Now, admittedly, I have worked with my sister, obviously, at Intuit. And, you know, I've known lots of other people who work with relatives, but it's just, it's not quite the same. My sister's still at Intuit, by the way. She's been there for 27 years. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So relationships in cannabis. Uh, yeah. Relationships and trust are really important. Awesome. I love that. That makes me feel much better about what I do. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, I want to ask you more about Backbone. And selfishly, I want to know kind of the typical tech investor type questions like, 
how much money have you guys raised and have you raised from venture funds? And also, I'd love to hear more about the business. If you're able to share how many customers, revenue, that kind of stuff. And I totally understand if that's, <laughs> you know, outside the scope of what you want to talk about or what you're able to talk about. Totally cool. We'll just move on. But I'm, I'm just curious around that. Yeah, that's, that's not really my area. Um, you know, we are raising money. Um, obviously, we did a Series A a little while ago. Um, and, you know, we're, we're growing really fast. And uh, it's pretty exciting. Um, we've gone from, let's see, I want to say we we're at like seven or eight when I first joined. And now we're at about 35. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, sales people and um, professional services. One of the things about, and now I'm, of course, moving off into product because that is my thing. One of the things about Backbone is that it's very customizable. Uh, we really model our customers' processes in our software. Um, so, like, if you wanted me to model you how to make a tuna fish sandwich, I can model that for you <laughs> with all the supplies and you know what different things you put the mayonnaise on the bread and you know all the different st steps that you need to do, we can model it. So while we are really focused on cannabis, it really can apply to any kind of manufacturing process or any kind of process at all, process at all from you know growing plants and tracking nutrients all the way to final packaging, putting stickers on. Um, and so for that reason, and the reason I started down this path is because we have a pretty big professional services team who does these implementations. So we actually send them out to our customers. They interview them, figure out what business processes they have, what kinds of data they need to analyze, what kinds of reporting they need, and then set up their backbone product exactly how they need it um, to get all, all of that information out to track the things they want to track. Um, yeah, so sorry, I digressed a little bit from the, how is the company doing? I started talking about the employees that we have. That's okay. Um, uh, I was going to ask you just to get a little more clarity because now that we're talking about the product and the customers a little bit, uh, you mentioned earlier that it's mostly manufacturing processing businesses. Is that a vast majority or do you also work with cultivation and retail? How's that work? So we're really focused on that middle section of manufacturing and processing. That's where we started. Um, as we have grown and started serving some larger customers, we're finding that they really need us to be able to go end to end. So all the way from cultivation through distribution, um, there are a lot of software companies out there who do, you know, cultivation monitoring and things like that. So we're really not getting into that space, but we are getting into the tracking of plants and costing. Costing is such an important thing for cannabis businesses to track because of <laughs> some of the strange tax regulations that we have. I'm sure everyone in cannabis is familiar with 280E and the problems that it causes us. Um, so costing from end to end is important to track. We're also not getting into the retail space. Uh, there are a lot of great point of sales systems out there, 
Um, but we are going as far as final distribution, so distribution to retail. And that said, um, one of our principles is we always want to work with, we want to integrate with the best software out there. And so, you know, we're integrating with cultivation software and we integrate with retail software. And we're also integrating with financial software like QuickBooks um, and Sage Intact, which I awesome. mentioned because, you know, it was the place that I was at last. Right, right, right. Awesome. Um, yeah, so. So, so those of us who've been, been both Vic, our, one of our founders and I, uh, spent a lot of time at QuickBooks and then Rajesh spent time at NetSuite. So we've, we've also kind of built financial software before. We don't really want, we, we know what a big problem it is and we don't want to have to build it all again. I'm wondering if, if you can tell me a little about the competitive landscape and if you have any major competitors so this is the thing about Backbone that I was actually surprised by, but it's been confirmed by lots of our customers, is that they're, it, we're doing something that's different enough that is a little bit magical. Um, so I cannot tell you, some of this is our CEO, Dr. Peter Hewson. When he goes and does a demo, he really speaks the language of operators. You know, He's been in the industry for a while. Um, and so he can present, he can demo and present the software, uh, our software in such a way that they're like, oh, I get, I get why I need this. Um, but I can't tell you how many times I've gone into a sales situation with him and you know, we come in and the IT guy's like this, he's like, I've seen all the software. <laughs> and by the end, he's like, okay, when can we get it? <laughs> he's all smiling. <laughs> nice. um, so while there are a lot of people in the space, there is something that's really different about Backbone that we're pretty proud of. Um, and it's some combination of the customization and the easy to use UI and UX that we have. And then just the knowledge that we have, the underpinning of cannabis knowledge um, where you know, our internal colleagues and our outside customers have helped us to figure out what are the right things that we need to solve for. Okay, cool. Well. I would be very curious to see the pitch deck or whatever resources you have, because you said you were fundraising right now. So I would love to, and I know that's probably not your wheelhouse, but if you could <laughs> I connect. Will, I will talk to Rajesh and see, see what he thinks. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So to shift gears, I want to ask you, what are you most excited about right now in the cannabis industry? So you know that thing how ex being excited and being nervous have the same physiological thing. <laughs> so, you know, federal legalization is heavy on our minds, um, and what's going to happen with that? Um, you know, things are pretty complicated right now because we have these restrictions of having to stay within our region, and the regulations are different in every place. But the thing that's a little bit frightening and exciting about federal legalization is we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know who's going to be in charge, who's going to be making regulations. And, you know, are we still going to have all these patchwork things that we have to take care of, different reporting requirements? Um, so that, you know, that's one thing that I'm excited about. Um, also moving into globalization, so many countries are now interested in legalizing cannabis or, you know, are already there like Canada. So being able to move into some global markets is really exciting. 
um, which requires a lot of preparation in, in our software. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, it's, this, it's um, there's going to be so much change. There's already been so much change and there's going to be so much more change. Um, yeah, the, the, you know, there's kind of no end in sight for the exciting opportunities that we have ahead of us. Amazing. So two things that you, you said that I just want to highlight. One about fear and excitement. They're next door neighbors, I like to say, because, you know, the, the line between them is so, so thin. And that's why I often encourage entrepreneurs, if you're, if you're feeling that fear about whatever it is you're working on, you're probably on the right track. You know, you're probably close to something really exciting. Now, the other thing you mentioned about federal legalization is something that I think every entrepreneur in this industry needs to be thinking about and should probably be scared and excited about and, and, and should have some kind of vision or thesis or, or plan for how you think it's going to work out. And, and of course, like everything in cannabis, be prepared to, to be wrong and for things to be not like you were expected and to have to pivot and adapt because that's the nature of the beast here. But I, I just wanted to highlight the notion that it's important to at least, at the very least, have a view, have, have some plan. Don't just ignore it and, oh, when, when we get there, we'll get there. I think it's important for any operator to, to really have on their roadmap. When legalization happens, this is how we evolve. And again, you could be wrong. You likely will be wrong because no one knows how the hell it's going to turn out or when or what, but you at least have to be thinking about it. So you could be somewhat prepared or relatively less unprepared. <laughs> so Eric, I want to ask you, what advice do you have for people who are trying to get into this industry, whether as an employee, as an entrepreneur, or even as an investor? based on your experience, what, what do you need to know if you want to be successful in this industry? As I said before, it's, it's a, such a welcoming community. And I think a lot of people are really willing to help if you want to get into the industry. But it's important to come at it from, you know, that sort of beginner's mind where, you know, you probably know everything about your area of expertise. And that's a great thing to bring to this industry because there are a lot of, there's a lot of external expertise that we need, whether it's around how to run a business or you know how to grow plants or whatever it is. Many different kinds of expertise can apply. But there are quirks to cannabis and there are people in this who, have been in it for a long time and you know we all need to keep learning constantly um, and be open to the fact that other people are going to know more than I do even about my area of expertise and I can always learn from people yeah and practically I would say you know read everything you can listen to all the podcasts join all the groups there are a lot of great groups obviously I am member uh, a member of a lot of women's groups in cannabis which I think is a great place to start. The women there are always willing to help people who are new to the industry. But I think that's true, you know, across the industry. There, there are groups for everything. 
So just find, find somebody and build your own community. I love that. I support all of that. I, I echo all of that advice 110%. And again, shameless plug, if you want to get started, a good book <laughs> that I can recommend, the Cannabis <laughs> Business Book, available on Amazon. And I want to ask you, what is your highest power that's allowed you to be successful in this world? Oh, I, I feel like I've already been talking about that this whole time. Um, one of the things that my colleagues tease me about a lot is I use this phrase a lot, uh, all the time. Tell me more. Tell me more about that. Um, and it's, I do it in order to dig into something that someone has said that either I don't quite understand or I really want them to tell me the whys of whatever they just said. Um, I don't know if you know this concept of the five whys. You keep asking why to get to the underlying level of what the problem is. And so the, the tell me more is a little bit like that. It's kind of a subtle way instead of acting like a three-year-old and saying why all the time. <laughs> it's a subtle way to get people to tell me what they really mean. And it's really effective. Um, not that long ago, actually, I was in a call with one of our customers um, and they said, oh, we need you to mask the strain. Like we want to code, code for the strain and it needs to be stored here. And so I was like, oh, well, tell me more. Like, why do you need that? And so as we talked it through, it turned out that what they actually needed was something completely different from that. But because, you know, they had sort of been saying, oh, we have this problem, here's what we should do. Um, without fully talking through the actual problem that they had. They had arrived at a solution, but it just wasn't the right solution. So tell me more is my magic. I love it. And in coaching, we have another tool that's exactly in that same family, which is the, what else? The two magic <laughs> words, what else? And so speaking of coaching, perhaps we'll, we'll do a quick bit of dancing here, although I'm not, I'm not nearly as trained or, <laughs> or, or capable as, as you are, but uh, in dancing, but um, I, I wanted to ask you, what is your biggest business buzzkill roadblock or challenge today? Yeah, so for me personally, and this is something I am apparently not good at, um, is managing my time. So I end up in a ton of meetings, most of which are very useful, but because I'm as, you know, as head of product, I'm kind of in a lot of different conversations. I talk to marketing and I talk to customers and I work on actual features with engineers. And so I just have a lot of scope. Um, I end up in a lot of meetings and then I end up not being able to do the work that I actually need to get done. Like writing down requirements or you know whatever whatever the work of the day is yeah so if you have any thoughts about how i can manage that better i'm going to use your own tricks against you now so i'm going to say erica tell me more about that what's <laughs> what's what's it costing you so i i just sort of constantly have this feeling like i'm not getting enough done and then it also eats into my time outside of work hours you know i have a teenager and I have a house <laughs> to take care of and things. So, you know, I can't spend all my time working. So yeah, so it kind of, during the day, I feel like I'm not getting the things done. And so I do them in the evening, but then I have to cook dinner. And, and so it, it, costs, it costs me in not giving me 
enough time to do all the things that I want to do. And tell me more about that. <laughs> hmm. um, one of the, you know, we as a company are trying to reduce the amount of time that we spend in meetings. Part of my problem is that most of the meetings I'm in, I feel like I'm actually contributing something useful to them or, um, you know, it's in some way also important to, for me getting my job done with a few exceptions. Um, occasionally there's a meeting I'm just like, why am I here? And those are the ones that I, I eventually decide not to go to. I'm tempted to ask, because uh, let, let me just actually reflect to you what I've heard so far, which is that you're spending a lot of time in meetings and because of that, you're spending time outside of the work day doing the actual work, so to speak. And as a result, that's cutting into some of your other responsibilities beyond work. And, and so that, that's one, one aspect of it. And the other one I heard is this, this feeling, all too familiar feeling for me, which is the feeling of I'm, I'm not getting enough done and I'm not being productive enough or I'm, I'm not fill in the blank enough, which is... Uh, a common, a common, uh, yeah, a common theme or, or angst of, of entrepreneurs and especially of ambitious people. So I'm wondering in, in those, in those two buckets of the, the discomfort or anxiety of, of feeling I'm not productive enough, I'm not doing enough, I'm not being enough, whatever, or the, I don't have the time to handle some of my personal life responsibilities outside of work, which of those two feels like it's more the real problem here, if any? For me, I think it's really the work getting done. Sorry, for me, it's really, you know, the, the work tasks, the, the things that I want to, the big picture things that I want to be, have time to sit down and think about and work on strategy and you know, the kinds of things that are really going to impact where backbone goes over the next five years. Those are the things that I'm most interested in doing. And also they get a little lost in the day-to-day, -day. you know, I have to go to these five meetings and I have to write this, you know, one paper for whatever the deadline is. I'm wondering if you have time in your calendar. Well, two things. I'm wondering how much time, how much more time do you need to do some of this stuff that you want to do? And then my second question would be, can you start blocking out time specifically for this, this exercise of the higher level strategy or, or some of this you know, more, more strategic engaging work that you feel like is slipping through the cracks right now? Yeah, that's a really good question. And that's something I've sort of been contemplating, trying a few different things. Um, so I have been blocking off, you know, one or two hours a day for that. And I'm finding it's just not enough time to like get into that mode of thinking, of just thinking, right? Because there's always a little bit of like, I have to ramp up into thinking and then I have to think for a while and come up with some conclusions. Um, and so I've been thinking about doing a few 
testing out a few things. Like what if I took an entire day off, but was still working? So like nobody knew I was there, but <laughs> I was just doing things. Um, or, or even a week, like what if I took a week and I just wrote down everything that was in my head and then, you know, hand it off to some people. Uh, that's a, of course, another thing that I have to be thinking about is delegating. <laughs> yep, I, I was, I was going to go there as well, as far as what of this work, well, I, I, I was going to go at it at a more roundabout way, as far as like, are you getting enough support with some of this stuff that you can either delegate or free up some of your time or have other people, you know, take on whatever role you're serving in some of these meetings so that you could have more time for the more high value work potentially. Cause again, and I, I could be wrong, but I'm going to, the judgment that I'm making is that it sounds like you think some of this time that you're spending in these meetings, although it's valuable, it's not necessarily the most valuable place where you can be spending your time and energy. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's true. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm happily going to hire a few people over the next six months or so to, you know, to do some of the work that I'm doing right now. So that will be good. But yeah, I, you know, I think experimentation is always the thing, right? Yes, I, I and I like I like the the two things you suggested about taking a day off or taking some time off just to have that space to think and to just be creative. I think it's actually incredibly important to do that. And I also think, and I don't know if your company does this or not, but that might be a good thing for the leadership team to do like an offsite or a retreat just for like a day or two to just like to separate from the day to day, which I know is hard, especially in a startup and actually just try and have those high level, more creative strategy, brainstorming sessions or whatnot apply some of that design thinking. It's funny that you would say that we're actually doing that tomorrow. <laughs> oh, no way. That's great. That's small. As I love to say, high minds think alike. <laughs> and so, I mean, it sounds to me like, although you have this, this challenge, you're actually doing a couple of different things to address it and have some good potential solutions in mind. And so let me go here. How do you think things will be different for you and for the company once you get past this, once you, you figure this out and figure out a better schedule or structure for yourself? How will things change? Yeah, one of the things that I'm really looking for this to do is to improve sort of the, we always used to call it the set into it, and I never liked it, but I'm going to say it anyway, the line of sight. <laughs> for everybody in the company to know where they're going, why what they're doing is important and where we're trying to get to. You know, I think, I think it's really important for everyone to understand like what their work is doing to contribute to the success of the business. Absolutely. And that's easy when you're small because everyone can see their impact, but as you get bigger and bigger, it's a little bit harder to keep everybody pointed at the same goal. So that's one of the things that I think this will, this will really help with. I'm sorry, but tell me more about that. 
<laughs> One of the, you know, having, having clear objectives, clear company objectives, I think is really important. We have a pretty clear view into where we want to go. But I'm not sure that for the folks who are out there doing, you know, implementing backbone for our customers um, and in the trenches with, with all the people who are using backbone, they may not have as clear an idea of where we want to go eventually. And where that can cause problems is when they come up with solutions that don't necessarily fall into our long-term goals. And so making sure that we constantly have those check-ins between, you know, that feedback loop between the people who know what's happening on the ground and the people who are thinking about, you know, what's, what's the future like for us. I'm going to ask you a, a quick follow-up. I have very many questions swirling around my head, but I'm going to go with, and, and this one's kind of out there, so I'll just preface it, but do your customers have that clarity of of where backbone is going and yeah, and, and doesn't matter i and I'm, I'm not sure if they need to know to be honest i'm not sure if it if there's risk in them knowing or if if, it, if there's benefit in them knowing so it, it's i'll, I'll preface that's why i'm prefacing the question with i think it's a bit out there because i don't know that it's necessarily a good path to go down but that's where my brain went. And so I wanted to put it out there to you and, and ask you, what, what's your sense of, you know, do the clients know and does it matter? Do they need to know? Well, here's the interesting thing about that question. <laughs> the place where we want to go should be the place where our customers also want us to go. So it may not be exactly the solution that they have in mind, but it should be solving the problem that they see themselves having in the future or, you know, that they already have, that they want someone to solve for them, but haven't found a solution to. So what, if we're doing this right, <laughs> what should happen when we say, hey, customer, this is what we're, you know, this is what we're, where we're going. This is our objective. This is what we're building for you. You know, this is how we're solving your problems. And they say, oh, good, that's exactly what I needed. That's, that's kind of the sequence that we're looking for. And so if our goals are the right goals to solve for the problems in our space, that should happen. Well, <laughs> I hope that that was helpful. I hope that you got at least one insight from our conversation, from the coaching portion. I see a, a nodding head and a smile. So I'm guessing I'll take that. I'll take that to be a yes, even though I'm making a wild assumption. But <laughs> I think you're totally right that asking questions until the person comes to an, their own conclusion is a great way to go about that. <laughs> Tell me more about that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just kidding. But yes, that's uh, my business model. Essentially, is just asking asking those questions. I, I like to joke that I'm, you know, people mistake me for the magician when really I'm the magician's assistant and I just distract them while they do the magic. And so anyway, 
But that being said, Erica, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show with me today. And if people are interested in learning more about Backbone, where can they go? So our website is backboneiq.com. Uh, we have a lot of information up there. So yeah, come visit us. Great. Well, thank you so much and have an awesome rest of your day. Thanks a lot. It was great talking to you. Thank you. Have a Thanks great day. Hi, Mike Z is. Hi, Mike Z is. Hi, Mike Z is. The Cannabis Business Coach. Hi, Mike Z is. Hi, Mike Z is. Hi, Mike Z is. The Cannabis Business Coach.